Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to talk about my latest book. It's called You Have the Watch, and it's a guided journal to become a leader worth following. This is a journal for leaders that will walk you through an entire year of leadership training. There are 50 themes in the book, and each day you will reflect on a different facet of that theme. This journal is designed for leaders, and it's designed to be on your desk for you to read and reflect for about 15 minutes each morning. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. And this new journal helps leaders practice those essential leadership skills. So if you're interested in learning more and pre-ordering this guided journal, go to youhavethewatch.com. Now, I have something special to announce, and that is that every book that is pre-ordered before March 31st enters you into a giveaway. The grand prize for this giveaway is a hand-carved wooden American flag from the Sasquatch Flag Company. This is a gorgeous flag. Uh, If you watch this podcast on YouTube, you'll see it's directly behind me on the wall. Absolutely gorgeous. I love this. One of my favorite things in the world. So I'm going to give away one of these flags from the Sasquatch Flag Company. Uh, We also have a bunch of other prizes like a ruck case humidor from the Warfighter Tobacco Company, a $50 gift box, uh, from the Sheepdog Soap Company, a $50 gift card to Chin Up Chest Out Apparel, another $50 for Four Bear Clothing Company, we've got coffee from the Bottom Gun Coffee Company, and we've got some books to give away from uh, Noble Brown. So again, there's a bunch of prizes. You could end up uh, you know, pre-ordering one book and end up getting uh, something of a lot more value from a dollar standpoint, that is. Uh, but uh, this book is very valuable in and of itself. So uh, get your pre-orders in before March 31st to take advantage of this special giveaway and this special drawing. So again, by the end of the month, get your orders in. Now, if you're looking for other ways to support what I do on this show, purchase any one of my books at johnsrenny.com and podcast listeners get a discount by using the discount code DEEP at checkout. Well, that's it. Today, my guest is Julie Winkle Giulioni. Julie is an Inc. Magazine Top 100 Leadership Speaker and author of the brand new book, Promotions Are So Yesterday. Now, is it time for us to throw away the traditional promotion model in business? Julie thinks so, and she makes the case in this week's episode. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julie Winkle Giulioni. Julie is an Inc. Magazine Top 100 Leadership Speaker and a champion for workplace growth and development. She believes that everyone deserves the opportunity to reach their full potential. She supports organizations and leaders who want to make this happen with keynote speeches, consulting, and training. She has a new book coming out called Promotions Are So Yesterday. 
In this book, Julie offers seven alternatives to promotions that will help employers thrive, or sorry, help employees thrive. Uh, and unlike promotions, uh, they are completely within the control of the manager and the employee. So I'm excited to have her on the show and talk about this new way of thinking. So Julie, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, John. I've been looking forward to our conversation. This is really exciting. So congratulations on this book. And first of all, tell us about your background. How did you develop your passion for employee growth and development? You know, learning and growth have, I think they're just in my DNA. From my very first job, I was teaching modeling and charm to children. Um, and my audiences just got bigger. I was a high school teacher, a university professor and department chair, and then went into industry um, in a variety of training and development roles. And uh, throughout that time, I just really developed a, a deep appreciation for the fact that Talent is the only sustainable competitive advantage that an organization has. And when we develop talent, we can develop incredible results. And so my last internal role, I was a director of product development for a commercial training company. Mm -hmm. And I went out on my own about 20 years ago. And so now we work with organizations worldwide who want to help leaders um, elevate their skill level and their ability to engage and retain leaders or uh, employees. And I was looking at uh, one of your taglines, building a world with better bosses. <laughs> yes. uh, I think we're really aligned that way. You know, imagine a world with better bosses. Well, we desperately need it. And that's why I do this show. And uh, hopefully we're, we are making a difference through like the work that you're doing with your book and this podcast. And hopefully we're we're informing, teaching, and, and 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 helping leaders grow and get better. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do have a common mission that sounds like. So um, what was the genesis of this book? Because I think you're, you're, you're hitting on something really important. And so the name, name of the book, again, is Promotions Are So Yesterday. And those on YouTube, you can see I have a copy of it right here, an advanced copy, actually. But um, why, what, what was the genesis of this book? I mean, um, obviously, we're, you know, the, work, the, the workforce is changing. Um, why did you want to tell the world that there's other opportunities for growth other than just uh, promotion? Yeah, you know, my first book with Beverly Kay was Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go. Mm. And it was all about helping leaders, managers cultivate more effective career conversations. So for the last 10 years, I've been working with organizations, leaders on this, and I've really seen that folks can elevate the quality of the conversation by having the right mindset, by having the right uh, tools in terms of questions and a, a framework for a really rich, robust conversation. And yet so many leaders and managers continue to say, yeah, but... You know, this is all good. I'd love to have this conversation, except my people all want promotions and I don't have them to give. And so do I want to wade into that kind of a, a situation and just stir the pot of dissatisfaction? Maybe it's better just not to go there. And what I, as you know, as I worked with these organizations, what became clear was, yeah, that's true for some people. Um, there is something about the word career and career development, those two linked together. It's almost like a trigger. 
you know, it sort of hijacks the brain and it drags people to this expectation of you know, more like what our parents probably experience or being tapped on the shoulder and invited, you know, up the ladder every 18 months. And so for many people, that is absolutely their default setting when it comes to a career conversation. It really should be about getting me that next um, promotion. But what I found is that in the absence of a broader definition, that's all people have to, to hang their hats on, if you will. Um, it's sort of like going to a restaurant. If all that's on the menu is a hamburger, that's what you're going to order. Right. And so it's time that we expand the menu a little bit, give some language to other dimensions of development that are much more viable, much more possible in most organizations. And what I've found is when you expand the menu, people are going to order some of those other things. They're just as interesting, if not more so. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I think things are changing too. I think the, you know, the days of you go to work for one company and you make a 40 year career out of it and you advance and you get the gold watch and you retire, those days are gone. I mean, uh, and so I think what you're bringing up is a really important point is that, you know, the, the, the workforce has changed. And so, you know, I think you touched on it. I mean, in, in a way, promotions are overrated. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they really are in many ways. Um, and, and you nailed it. The world has changed so dramatically. Careers have changed and career development just hasn't quite caught up. I mean, you mentioned some external factors, like we're not working, you know, right. from fatal to grave for the same organization. Um, average tenure, last I looked, was four years. Wow. Uh, average person <laughs> is, have 12 different jobs over the course of their careers. So what does a career even mean mm -hmm. when we're moving like that? So there are some external things that are, are affecting it. But I think the other thing is, the internal landscape has changed as well. Um, we want something different from the 40 or 60 or 80 hours that we're going to spend at work every, every week. And as I talk with people, it just becomes really clear. We want our jobs to do a different job for us. And yeah. so as a result, you know, promotions are pretty passe as the, the end all, the be all, the standard default definition or measuring stick for what a successful career is. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's definitely have, things have changed. And uh, I mean, I think people go into uh, jobs now for experiences and for opportunities and for different things other than the title, you know, it's 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 what am I going to learn from this particular opportunity? And uh, I, I really do see that has changed uh, quite a bit. So uh, and, and so you you've wrote and this is really good. So you've come up with these seven alternative dimensions of development. So let's let's kind of could you introduce us to those uh, those seven what what they are and and uh, and then we'll go in a couple of them, but just kind of introduce us to those seven. Yeah, absolutely. So just backing up for a moment, over the last 10 years, I've been doing this field research, asking mm -hmm. at every keynote, every training program, every meeting, what does career mean to you? And it's been fascinating to watch people respond to that because, you know, we all kind of start at that top level. Well, it's, you know, what I do so I can take care of my family and keep the lights on. But then people start really getting into some pretty deep material about wanting to, to make a difference, you know, to, to leave a legacy, 
to, to find meaning, to connect really profoundly with others, to challenge them. I mean, you know, the list goes on. So over those years, what I did was to, to blur my eyes and look at all of those data points. And they started to form these eight categories, seven categories that are alternatives, and then the standard category that is that climb up the corporate ladder, the promotion. Right. It's not going to go away. It's still, you know, there, but does it have to be the centerpiece? No, because there are these other seven. So the other seven are contribution. People want to make a difference. There's this human need to be of service, to uh, contribute our skills and talents, to live on purpose. And so contribution is a huge um, opportunity for people to grow when we do it intentionally, but it's such a win-win. Like what manager wouldn't welcome someone who wants to step up, you know, and do more and do more. So contribution is huge. Second one is uh, competence, growing our skills and abilities. Uh, You know, the workforce really understands that, um, things are changing fast. You know, the half-life of technical skill is what, like five years now? Probably, yeah. If we're not constantly learning and growing, if we're not committed to that, we can become irrelevant pretty quickly. And so lots of folks are really, really interested in staying on the, the cutting edge and really keeping their skills good and sharp. Connection is a huge opportunity and another development dimension, Um, and especially over the last couple of years as folks have been scattered all over, the opportunity to forge really meaningful relationships, build a sense of community, expand the network. Um, You know, the, the career development implications for that are really clear. There's also confidence which isn't something we normally think about when we think about kind of a career development framework or even an objective for career development. But there are times during everyone's career when the best thing we can be doing is doubling down on really building that sense of assuredness, Mm -hmm. um, trust in your abilities, knowing that you can show up and predictably deliver. Um, And so confidence is an opportunity for, for growth and engagement. Challenge. You know, uh, and that, you know, is all about achievement, pushing the edge, testing our limits, you know, seeing what we're capable of doing. There's a dimension around contentment, mm-hmm. which, again, doesn't sound like it belongs in this universe of development dimensions. But there are times in all of our careers where the best step forward is a step back. You know, when you think yeah. about how long we're going to work. I mean, we're talking decades. It can't be a hard charge climb up the corporate ladder every day of the week. There are times when we got to hit the pause button, step back, catch our breath, find balance, joy, ease. And that's what's going to keep us going, you know, over the long haul. And then there's choice. And again, this one is one that over the last couple of years has started to uh, become even more profound is, you know, we want to have a sense of of autonomy and volition and control over over our lives and the flexibility that many folks have enjoyed over the past couple of years working remotely or hybrid has really given folks a taste for that and there's tremendous learning you know not just the engagement people get from that but learning from taking on more responsibility or decision making authority and having to live with the consequences of that 
And then the last one, of course, is climb. Yeah, they all just, you know, coincidentally started with start, C, start so with I can C. remember them. <laughs> I love but it. Then there's the climb up the corporate ladder, and that's going to be appropriate at uh, at points in everybody's life. Yeah, I love that. It's really interesting. You know, as you were as you were talking through these things, a lot of times I talk to uh, young people. Um, I talk to a lot of graduate students, and uh, they always ask me, you know, because they know I have an entrepreneurial background, but I also have a corporate background. They say, you know, should I go become an entrepreneur for first, or should I do something in corporate life? And and I always tell them, go into corporate, into the into the area that you're very much interested in being an entrepreneur in. And have all these experiences where you can grow, you can learn, you can connect, you can have, and basically people pay you for it, uh, and you gain experiences that that will help you when you decide that you want to do an entrepreneurial route. So I do encourage people, young people especially, is to go take a job at a big company where, where especially in a field that you really want to know and understand, if you feel led towards you know an entrepreneurial path. But use it not, again, like not to climb the corporate ladder, but to gain some valuable connections and skills and competences that you can take to your entrepreneurial life. Yeah. I mean, you know what I love about what you're saying, John, is it really points out this notion of between and beyond career or promotions, we've got this space, you know, so frequently career development is about where you are, that role right. in the corporate role, uh, world or that role in the entrepreneurial world. And um, that's not where the growth happens. It's not about the role. It's about what's happening between these yeah. You know, places. It's sort of like traveling. You know, when you go to a new city, when I go to a new city, I'm always excited to see all the landmarks. And those are the pictures that get in the album. But when I think back on the trip, it's what happens in between. Yeah. Yeah. That really makes a difference that's that's memorable. And the same thing is with our, our careers. I love that. And you do talk about that. I was going to ask you about that. You talk about beyond, between, and besides promotions. And so is that the white space between the, these different jobs? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's like the journey between the landmarks. Okay, you know, those are points in time that yeah are important. But I'm not growing because I got a promotion to the director of X Y Z. I grow day in and day out as I fall down. I pick myself up. I work with other people. I get feedback. All of those experiences is where the growth happens. And I think we we confuse the landmarks with the journey. And at the end of the day, if growth is our objective, we need to sort of shift our focus, de-emphasize maybe what we want to be when we grow up, you know, what the title is, what they call us and all that, and really focus more on what we want to be doing that's going to support our, uh, our development. I really like that. Yeah. I mean, as a manager, you know, I've led a lot of people over the years and it's always been a struggle because you have this pyramid shape to the organization. There's only a certain amount of people who will be directors, only a certain amount will be vice presidents, senior vice presidents, executive vice presidents, and then presidents, CEOs. You know, and so you 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 have this pyramid, and um, and a lot of people don't want to go up the pyramid. They they want to become a technical expert, or they want to be they want to become really good at their job and and become sort of a, a subject matter expert. They don't want to go up the chain. And I noticed, especially in corporate, that there wasn't a good career path for, you know, being a, a technical expert or being, a, you know, a subject matter expert. And over the years, I saw that got a little bit better, but it was always a struggle when you had a good person 
They work hard. They didn't want to be a leader. They didn't want to, they didn't want to move up, but they wanted to grow and they wanted to expand and they want, and they, and they expected there'd be some level of career path for that, for that uh, technical person. And it just wasn't there. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is, is that, instead of, you know, struggling to find a promotion for people, what other opportunities can we, can we provide where they can gain uh, ex- experience, they can great gain connections, they can um, really just gain satisfaction in what they're doing and, 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 and satisfy curiosity that they might have about a certain part of the business. And so I think that's what you're bringing up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I just worry even about the word path, mm, because that, yeah. again, connotes movement to someplace. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with this research. The research from the um, Institute for the Future of Work says that 85% of the jobs we'll be doing in 2030 haven't been invented yet. <laughs> I love so it. where are we sending people on these paths? You know, they may yeah. be paths to nowhere. Yeah. Um, so the idea of using the envelope of the job one currently has as a container for development, I think it's what we're talking about here. How can I invite the exact experiences that I want to achieve my growth goals into this current experience? And that's what this book is really about. It's a toolkit for managers to be able to sit down and have conversations that say, okay, you're really interested in your next challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that. Let's roll up our sleeves. What does it look like? How much stretch do we want? You know, how much do you want to put yourself out there? Whose support do you need? How can I help? And put a, a plan together that will get people where they want to go without going anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. One ping only, please. As I thought, John Rennie's new book, All in the Same Boat, is right over there. It's at allinthesameboatbook.com. Your orders are to get there now. And remember, be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. So um, one of the dimensions is... uh, we of development is called contribution. And uh, you say that's the number one development priority that managers can tap into. Why, why is that? Why is contribution so, uh, so such a good one to, to, to tap into? Well, the, it's, it was number one in our uh, global validation study. So we created, I created this model and then we put it out to 750 folks worldwide to make sure, you know, I knew that these categories were right because it came from all of these conversations. But what I wasn't sure, you know, when you start asking people, okay, rank these. Right, right. Really, when it comes right down to it, where does do these other things fit against climb? And so we we did exactly that. Um, we asked, we just created a one-line description, asked people to rank these eight dimensions, and the results were amazing. What we found is that in aggregate, 
Climb was dead last. That was the least interesting of all the dimensions. And contribution in aggregate was first. And so when I looked at that, I just thought, my gosh, what a hopeful message for managers everywhere who might have been doing the yeah, but, you know, sort of conversation Mm -hmm. to be able to look at that and say, people really want something very different than what I thought. And what manager wouldn't welcome that opportunity to facilitate greater contribution? I mean, it's just, it's the ultimate win-win, supporting the individual's growth and engagement, and then offering more value to the organization as well. I love that because, you know, one of the things that I'm critical of, of corporations in is that you take young people coming out of maybe, maybe coming out of college, or maybe they haven't a beginning job, and then they get a chance to finally get their dream job. They get the job at Apple or Microsoft or one of their dream companies, right? Uh, and they're excited. You know, they want to contribute. They're, they're, they want to be a major contributor to this organization. And then they find themselves in sort of an entry-level position. And, um, you know, and, 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 and companies are typically risk-averse, and we give our tough assignments to our more experienced people. And so the junior people get the grunt work, and they don't get those opportunities to really contribute like they think they want, that they're, they're going to get. And so their voice isn't heard. They're sort of in a back corner doing, you know, support work, and they, and, and, and they get frustrated, and they get disillusioned, and then they become you know, an employee that just, you know, clocks in and goes home and, and they, and we lose that passion that they have when they come into the company. And it's always frustrating me is like, we kill that passion. And yeah. you're saying like, we've got to find ways if, if, if contribution is one of those things, it's like, how can we find opportunities for employees to be able to contribute to our organization in a, in a, in a greater way is that that's really what we're looking for yeah and keep that you rather than extinguishing that spark of interest to keep it alive to fuel it yeah but you know I'm thinking even someone who's doing something routine you know early on Mm -hmm. in our careers we got to build our skills and sometimes it requires cycles and repetition it's not the most exciting (laughs) but it's what's required to kind of get it in your bones but even in that kind of a situation it's a game changer when a manager sits down with that employee and helps helps them connect the dots between what they're doing, their small piece of it, and the whole puzzle. You know, how that contributes to the team, which contributes to the customer, which whatever it might be. Suddenly, even, you know, more menial or repetitive tasks take on a greater level of significance for folks. And they can feel, you can tap that sense of contribution once you connect the dots for folks. I love that. Yeah. Um, Ken Blanchard calls it worthwhile work. When you're doing worthwhile work, you there's a different, you have a different mentality going into it, you know, versus just feeling like you're a cog in the machine and you're not really, you know, it's it's you'll feel like what you're doing doesn't matter. So if you can connect the dots to what what you're doing and how it matters, I think people enjoy that better. They feel like they're contributing to, uh, you know, the, the the overall performance of the company. And whatever the company's mission is in the world, right? They feel like they're part of that mission. Yeah, yeah. It's a matter of kind of painting them into the big picture. The big picture is over there. It's right here where they are. And, you know, the other thing that many organizations don't take advantage of is the opportunity for volunteerism. There's so many organizations have social missions and they're associated with nonprofits. And there are so many um, 
ways that we could connect uh, a junior employee who really wants to make a connect uh, a contribution to some of those avenues um, that would elevate their visibility, give them some variety, and let them feel again that sense of contribution. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I ran like a in one of my companies, I ran like the uh, employee activities team, you know, and they did all the different things that we did for the employees at that site. And I remember a lot of young, young, uh, you know, kind of entry level college graduates would would join the team and they were all excited in the ideas. And it was kind of fun to let them, you know, have a have a voice and and do the, and, and say, you know, and I sit back and say, you know, whatever you guys decide, let's let's do it. You know, and so it was kind of neat to see them get a chance to have their voice heard, because I think in their day job, they were yeah, maybe not not, you know, people didn't pay attention to them. But I saw when they were in this employee activity team, they, they, they had a voice and they, that was their identity. And, and they were helping the company with morale through these employee activities and things. So, yeah, this is just an example where they can tri- contribute more in the company without yeah. a promotion or without moving up. Yeah. And that example, and it's just so perfect because you were facilitating leadership development in the context of that employee activity committee. Mm. They had the opportunity, because you're a skillful developer of others, to be able to grow as a result of that. And that's really the key is to all of this is the intention. You know, we can do any number of development activities. We can keep ourselves busy from now till doomsday on activities. But having the intention for growth, figuring out what is my goal in doing this? What do I want to learn? How do I want to be different on the other side? That's what turns it from you know, drudgery into real development. Yeah, I love that. That This is great. This is really good. Now, one of my favorites on this list, and I, and I love it going through the book, is challenge. And I, I wrote about this in my first book. Uh, I call it the gift of a challenge. Uh, and, and, and in my career, I've I've been gifted with challenges. In other words, given opportunities to do things that were kind of outside my comfort zone, outside my current skill set. And I, I grew tremendously because I was given those opportunities to be challenged. So why is challenge so important in career development? And what do we have to be careful with as we're bosses or we're managers and we give people a challenge? What's What are some of the back and forths that we got to worry about when we talk about challenges? Yeah. So, so challenge is one of my favorites as well. You know, I think you and I share that desire to kind of push the limits and see what can I do and, and, uh, and feel that sense of achievement. And so it's a a wonderful opportunity for people to learn new skills, make new connections, uh, again, in the the spirit of having an intention for it to be growth. The win-win is normally those challenges relate to real work that needs to get done anyway. And so the organization benefits as well because they're getting, you know, projects uh, addressed, voids uh, resolved or whatever it might be. Um, So challenge is something that a lot of managers use um, probably most generously of all of the different tools and strategies I talk about in the, the book. The challenge with challenge um, is that um, we've got to calibrate it. Mm. You know, we got to figure out what is that stretch that's going to help somebody grow, that's going to push the limits. It's going to be right there in the, the, the discomfort zone where the learning happens, but that it's not so far a stretch that they're going to snap and break. Because we've all been there, you know, where where we are is such a far cry from where we would need to be to accomplish whatever that task is. 
And, and that just sets somebody up for failure. So it really requires some careful calibration and understanding on the part of both the manager and the employee. You know, what's the current skill level? You know, what's the current tolerance for risk and stress? And, you know, how much emotional labor are you willing to put into this so that we can kind of turn the knobs and get to just that, you know, Goldilocks level of, of stress and, and uh, strain um, that promotes learning rather than discouragement. That makes a lot of sense. And I think even you say in the book that it's got to be a volunteer situation, not a I'm assigning you this tough project because it needs to get done. And so you have to be careful not to be, it's not really an assignment. It's an opportunity. It's a, it's a volunteer, you know, they're, they're volunteering to be part of this challenge, you know, right. Is that, is that what you were saying in the book? Yeah. Yeah. Having people step up to it and take it on rather than, I love the expression voluntold, being voluntold. You know, that this yeah. is your thing. At that point, it's work. You know, yeah. when yeah. I'm looking for something to enhance my engagement and my development, and I'm embracing this new challenge, the energy I bring to that is entirely different than when it's dumped on my lap. Right. Okay. So that's the thing to be careful with as you're talking about challenges. You know, and I think too, for me as a as a leader over the years is I've loved using challenges to just, it, you get two things. One is uh, you know, the employee gains some valuable experience, but but then you learn a little bit more about that employee through the process. Uh, they learn they learn something about themselves, and then you you can get a chance to observe them and see, wow, this is I mean, they, they're really good at this. Like I had no idea, right? Or yeah, that's probably not their cup of tea, and they realize it too. So it really helps them steer their. Uh, you know, what they want to do in the future too. So I think, I think everybody learns when you have those challenging assignments and uh, you know, and, and I think those are really important as, as, as managers to provide those so that you can both get a chance to learn from that experience. Okay. Is that something that, you know, a, they were really good at and B they want to do more of, or, you know, you know, see, it was a disaster. We won't do that again. And I've had that too. Yeah, I've had that too. You know, it just didn't work out, you know? uh, Well, and you're just hitting on such an important point because I frequently say the development's only half done with the activity. The other half is really unpacking the learning. Mm. And that gets short shrift, frankly, in a lot of organizations. And so once the activity or the experience has been completed, or not even been completed, we should be doing it routinely throughout. But are we hitting the pause button to say, okay, what did we learn from that? You know, what are, to your point, what are you good at? What are you not so good at? What are you now gravitating toward? You really want more of it? And what do you want to stay away from? And where's your next challenge? But really, you know, because employees are as busy as the managers are. You know, they yeah, yeah. probably are not going to just sit down and say, let me reflect upon that for a few minutes. Right, right. Um, with a little prompting. And so that conversation, oh my gosh, you know, that is just gold in terms of the employees' insights and then the intel that you get as a manager. Yeah, I agree. What I found too is you you might talk to a, an employee and they say, you know, these this is my hopes and dreams, this is my career path, this is what I want to do in my life. And then you give them an assignment that is sort of along that vector that they are interested and excited about and they they discover maybe that's not what I want to do and 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 thank you for giving that opportunity, but 
I don't really like that. That I, I didn't, I didn't like being in that situation that, that that's not what I, I've realized now that's not what I want to do. And that's a valuable, if, if the person just knocks it out of the park, that's great. And that's valuable. But if, if it doesn't fit, that's also valuable too. This is, this helps refine what they want to do in their life, I think. And, and those are, those are great opportunities. We can't just here. My, my problem in corporate, what I saw was pigeonholing. There was too many people that were just put in a role. It's like, you're really good at filing documents. You're going to file documents until you retire. Yeah. And I saw you can't that. afford to not let you fi- yeah. file the documents. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was really sad that people got stuck. You're a quality guy. You can only be in the quality department. You're a manufacturing guy. You can only be in manufacturing. And, and I think we limited uh, what people could, could potentially do in their lives because we, you know, we labeled them a certain, you know, category of employee. And I don't think, um, I don't think we're doing them any, uh, we're not doing them a, a service by doing that. And I don't think we help the company when we do that. I was just thinking the same thing. We're not yeah. doing the company any favor because the experience that they have in quality might well be exactly what's needed over on the production line to spark, you know, some sort of a new innovation or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I just wanted to um, to reflect on what you were saying about giving people challenges and discovering what resonates for them and, and what doesn't. This also kind of plays into how we can use the model. You know, if you've got someone who is really dead set, they just want to climb that corporate ladder. They want that yeah. next promotion, but it's not available, you know, cause that's kind of the problem here. How could you use some of the other dimensions to introduce, you know, parts of that job? Yeah. Elements, you know, side, you know, second cousins to some of the the tasks associated with that, so that they could get a a little bit of a preview of some of that. And to your point, they may, you know, I can't tell you how many times I talked to folks who just couldn't wait to become managers, and they get there, and it's like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Uh-huh. I don't like people. No, <laughs> right, exactly. I don't like people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Better to find that out yeah. through some of these other experiences and help folks um, choose differently for themselves. I really like that. That that's great. I love it. So uh, you say in the book, uh, po- possibilities are the new promotion. What do, what do you mean by that? I love that. Well, it's it's kind of back to what we've been talking about. Promotions are limited. They're organizationally doled out. They're episodic. Um, and managers have very little control over, over what's happening with those. Employees have even less control. Possibilities, on the other hand, they are endless. They're ubiquitous. They're all over. They're totally within the the sphere of influence of managers and employees to to contract and find and and move forward for the purpose of development. And so I'm really sort of challenging us to, I don't know, to maybe sync up um, the, the reality of career development today. Um, with what's really viable within an organization and create um, create the, the, the space for managers and employees to take action, even when the organization might not have all of the promotions or training or bells and whistles that are necessary. Those possibilities absolutely live in that employee-manager relationship. Oh, I like it. And I think, too, it plays a role in as I was looking at it from a small business perspective, one of the challenges is that we don't have uh, the resources of a big companies. You know, I, I run a small business. 
but we can give people uh, experiences that they wouldn't get in a big company that, you know, a production guy could get a chance to uh, go visit customers and uh, a guy who's in marketing get a chance to go on the shop floor and make product. And, and so you, there, there are ex- experiences that you can have in a small business and there are opportunities you can have in a small business that are not related to promotion because I have no promotion uh, there's no place to promote people in my company because we're relatively small, right? So, but there are experiences, there are challenges, there are connections, there are other ways that um, they can continue to grow as a person, even when without promotions. And I think if you're a small business owner and you're listening to this podcast, there's a lot of great ideas on how you can help people develop even without promotions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a matter of, as you have, trading those promotions for the possibilities that are there and really getting creative. And the truth is, I I am firmly convinced that that what's possible is nearly limited. It's only limited by the creativity that managers and employees are willing to invest in finding uh, finding the opportunity. I love this. This is really good. So the book comes out, is it March 8th? Is that right? March 8th. March 8th. And it's the book is here. I've got a copy in my hand. It's Promotions Are So Yesterday. How can people find out more about the book and where can they find it online? Oh, thank you, John, for asking. It's uh, it's available for pre-order at all of your favorite booksellers. And we've got a lot more information about the book. Um, we've got a sample chapter as well as an online self-assessment to figure out which of these dimensions are most interesting to you at my website, which is juliewinklejulioni.com. And I'll bet you'll put that in the show notes since it's a mouthful. We are going to put that in the show notes because I got people <laughs> driving in their car trying to write that down. So no, we'll put that in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, that's fantastic. And and, uh, this is really an important book and uh, I'm glad you wrote it. I think it's a perfect time for a book like this to come out. We're coming hopefully maybe out of a pandemic sometime soon. And uh, uh, and so I think as we start looking at uh, career development again and kind of get back on track with our careers, let's look for opportunities that are not just promotion uh, with our employees. So this is a great book. And Julie, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing this book with our listeners. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. It's been a really fun conversation, John. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. I'm DC. I host the rock podcast back to the arena. The interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to back to the arena. The interviews. Electric acid.
Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.